Within the act of forgiveness lies an extraordinary power. It is the power to right wrongs, heal wounds, and ultimately change the course of history. It is a call to show grace and mercy, not merely as a social recommendation or personal disposition, but as a mandate from the God who forgave us first. Out of love, he chose to take all of our personal garbage and sweep it away, erasing it from our past. In exchange, we have received a clean slate, a brilliant future filled with opportunities to pass this gift on to each other. Through the love of Christ, we too have the power to overlook offenses, right wrongs, and heal history. We too have the power to sweep it all into a big pile of garbage and watch it burn away. Because of the one who showed mercy on us first, we too have the power of forgiveness. The power of forgiveness. What a treat. What a treat this morning with our worship time. Thank you. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship. Leading us in singing those beautiful words, Amazing Grace. We have received by grace, we have received forgiveness. And so we should give by grace because we have received forgiveness by grace. Just want to remind you that we are here, we, we, are here we're, we exist to help people experience the hope that is found only in the life-changing relationship with Jesus. And when we talk about forgiveness, there is hope. Because we talk about forgiveness. We are on our fourth week on the book of Philemon. Beautiful book, beautiful letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a friend the need to hear something and encouragement and encouragement from a friend about forgiving another friend who had wronged him. There's definitely truth in, in saying that it's a living lesson on forgiveness. Uh, this the smallest letter the apostle Paul wrote. Forgiveness. Uh, Paul has been talking to us through the letter of Philemon about forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness is something that, as a child of God, we ought to give. We're not supposed to hold that back because we have received forgiveness. We are supposed to forgive. We are supposed to forgive because God is a God of forgiveness. For if we don't forgive men their transgressions, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. And if you forgive... Men, their transgressions and their faults and their sins against you. Our, our Father in Heaven is also going to forgive us. And as a child of God, we give forgiveness just as we have received forgiveness. Because God's forgiveness of us is based in our forgiveness of others. So, th- there is a popular saying, there is a popular phrase in our times that describes this action. You forgive because you have been forgiven. And the popular phrase nowadays that that is used nowadays is pay it forward. Pay it forward. You pay forward what you have received, you pay it forward to others. See, you have received forgiveness, you give forgiveness. Not to the person, not to the same person that forgave you. In this case, God forgave us so we can forgive others. 
We have to remember that that's what Paul has been, been encouraging Philemon to do. To forgive and even to, to, the, to go to the next level. To go to the extra mile and to forgive and to reconcile with the person who wronged Philemon Onesimus. And we have to remember that how Paul puts it all together. Paul puts a case together and presents this case to Philemon in these 25 verses in the book of Philemon. To be open and willing to forgive and even to go that extra mile of reconciliation. In verses 4 through 7, we saw that the Apostle Paul basically told Philemon, Philemon, I know the qualities you have. I know you are a good Christian, but even good Christians a lot of times struggle doing the right thing. Oh, don't you ever struggle? Even good Christians struggle, even though they know, even though we know what we're supposed to do, we still struggle because our humanness, our human nature, it's, it's fighting against the Holy Spirit within us, so it's the Spirit against the flesh. And a lot of times, like in this case of Philemon, Philemon must, be, must be, probably struggle with what was going on, with what Onesimus did to him. And the Apostle Paul is reminding from verse 4 through 7, the Apostle Paul reminds Philemon and says, Philemon, you are a good Christian. You are a good Christian. You have the qualities of a good Christian. And as, as, as a good Christian, and with the qualities of a good Christian, you are to forgive the person who has wronged you. In verse 5 he said, in verse 5 he said, your faith in the Lord Jesus and your, and your love for all God's people. I keep on hearing about these two qualities, he says. And in verse 6 he says, I, I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from that faith. So you're a man of faith, therefore you are generous and you are going to give Generously, you are going to forgive. Your love, in verse 7, he says, Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother. Your kindness. So love has resulted in joy, comfort, and kindness. So he is pointing at him over and over. There are some things. There are some things that you, you are practicing, that you are living, because as a believer, as, as, as a person who loves the Lord Jesus... You have, you, you, you have a strong faith, but you have a strong love for God's people. And because of that faith and that love, you are supposed to forgive the one who offended you. So in verses 8 through 16, he encourages Philemon to forgive. And, and even to go the extra mile to reconcile with Onesimus. Because he is a man of faith and love. Those two things, faith and love, result. The result of faith and love in a process of forgiveness and reconciliation should result in generosity and kindness. So forgive and reconcile with him, the Apostle Paul encouraging. So if you consider verse 17... We're going to be from verses 17 through verse 20, uh, all the way to the end of the letter. So if you consider me as your partner, so if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. So Philemon, I have already, I already acknowledged your qualities. I already, I already told you and wrote to you. That you should forgive, and not just forgive, but go the extra mile and reconcile because of the love of God in your heart. Because of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So now when you see Onesimus, 
If you consider me your partner, welcome him as you are welcoming me. Verse 18. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. Verse 19. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I will mention that you owe me your own very soul. Yes, my brother. Please do these, do, do, do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. So basically what Paul is telling Philemon here, is Philemon you have experienced the grace of God in your life. Philemon you have experienced the love of God in your life. Philemon you have experienced forgiveness in your life. So now it's time for you to pay it forward. Even though you owe me your very, your very own soul, you own it. I have done so much for you, basically, Paul is telling him. I have done so much for you, I even led you to the feet of Christ. Now, what I'm telling you to do, I'm not telling you to do it to me, but I'm telling you to pay it forward. Pay it forward to this person who has wronged you. So, but, but what is this thing? What is this pay it forward thing? So some people will say, pay it forward is a phenomenon that we see today because people want to do good deeds. People want to do, you know, they want to act kind. It's encouraging people to do acts of kindness towards other people. Let me explain. Pay it forward is an expression for describing the benefi- when the beneficiary of a good deed repays it to others. It repays it because somebody else did something good for them. They are going to do it to others. So the concept, it's a very old concept. But the phrase may, be, may have been changed according to Wikipedia by Lily Hardy Hammond in 1916 in her book, The Garden of Delight. She probably changed some of this the way it was expressed, the way it was mentioned. There was a movie in the year 2000 called Pay It Forward. And the lead line in that movie was, When someone does you a good deed, don't pay it back, pay it forward. Don't pay it back, pay it forward. And, and that's, the, that's what the Apostle Paul is trying to communicate. The Apostle Paul is trying to communicate, pay it forward. And, and so I want you to watch this short video of, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean to pay it forward? Why do we do that? And as, as we, we get the video ready, I'm just going to tell you this. There is, there is a principle in Scripture that we miss very often. And is that you will reap what you sow. Whatever you sow, that's exactly what you're going to get back. And so, watch watch this video. Let's turn these two lights off, please. May I have this? Mm, no.
Why don't you get something special for Grandpa? I'm sorry. Can I return the cake, please? Sure, yes. I want the cake, please. I won't ask for anything else. Next time, okay? When we can afford it? Last time you said that. You don't want that? I'll take it back. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, this is for you. I know we cannot accept it. Would you please? There's no reason for you to buy the cake for us. Well, when I was seven, my mother wanted to buy me a cake. Mommy, I want this one. By the counter, we didn't have enough. Can we get something else? It's my birthday today. Can I choose my own cake, please? I'm sorry. Then, there's this man. I've never met him before. Here, have the cake. Happy birthday. I didn't know his name. I never got a chance to say thank you. I've never forgotten about him. The man in the queue. Thank you. No, thank you. Can I have your contact number? Let me repay you when we have the money. Promise me something, okay? Someday, when you're able to help somebody, you will do it. May I know your name, Mister? Well, I'm the man in the queue. Wow, this is my favorite. Thank you. Let's go and put some candles. Oh, oh careful! Ah, <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't have spent the money. Actually, I came and paid for it. You give me this note. Please write down your address. I'll bring the money back to you later.
simple act of caring creates an endless ripple. a principle from the scriptures God has given us so much God has been so patient with us we ought to do the same thing to others we ought to pay forward what we have received from God so some Christians struggle with this because sometimes they, they, they're, they're thinking you know where is this coming from Where is this pay it forward coming from? You know, what, what do you mean? Is this biblical? So, so let's think for a minute. Is this a biblical principle? Yes or no? Let me take you to a couple of verses in the Bible. The pay it forward is one of the most biblical principles in life. And one of the occasions when Jesus was sending the disciples. He was sending the disciples out there to minister to other people. He said in Matthew chapter 10, verse uh, 5 through 8, He says, Jesus sends out the twelve apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles, don't go to the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost people. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. And then He gives them specific instructions. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons... When you do all these things, when you're ministering to people, when you're doing good to other people, when you're paying forward what you have received, what you are doing, he says, is you are given as freely as you have received. You have received freely. Give freely. Pay it forward. In other words, we have received all these things from God. Let's give other people what we have received from God. Let's give. In other words, give grace. You have received by grace. Give grace. Grace is that God has not finished you when you make a mistake. When you sin against God, God doesn't strike you down. So when somebody makes a mistake, when somebody wrongs you, when somebody sins against you, you are supposed to apply the same grace that God applies in your life so He won't destroy you. That's the same grace you're supposed to apply to other people. As you have received grace freely, be great, be, you know, have grace with other people. Understand where they're coming from. Understand that they're also broken people. If we were if we were if we were perfect, we wouldn't have this problem, right? But we're broken people, and we have to give by grace what we have received by grace. So, is this the only verse? No. Go to John chapter thirteen, John chapter thirteen, verse thirty-four and thirty-five. The Lord, and this is a text that we we should know by heart. The Lord Jesus was telling them, uh, was telling the disciples, a new command I give you. What was the new command? Love one another as I have loved who? 
you. I have loved you. And Jesus is not telling them in that context, He's not saying, love me back. He's saying, I have loved you, therefore you love others. So in other words, the love you have received, pay it forward by loving others. By loving others, by acting in love, by acting in kindness with others. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. The Apostle Paul repeats that to the same uh, to the ch- church in Ephesus. And he tells the church in Ephesus, be kind and compassionate. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as Christ in God forgave you. So the Apostle Paul is saying, you have received grace. Jesus says, you have received grace. Give by grace what you have received by grace. Then the Apostle John says, you have received love. Give others love. And the Apostle Paul says, you have been forgiven. So give and offer forgiveness to other people. And the best example where God is it's, it's, it's telling us and showing us in the Scripture and is expecting of us to pay it forward is Matthew 18. We went over this three weeks ago and we talk about that in Matthew 18 there is the unforgiving servant. So the, the Master says, you know, I'm forgiving you even though you can never repay me everything you owe me. You can never repay me. And so what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sell your whole family... I'm going to give them up, I'm going to sell them, and whatever money that you owe me, i at least going to get some back. And the servant said, no, Lord, please forgive me. And, and, and the master was moved to mercy and forgave this servant. But as soon as he stepped out of the door, he saw another servant just like him. And he grabbed him by the neck and he began to choke him. And said, no, you got to pay me what you owe me. So he had been forgiven, but he didn't want to pay it forward. And Jesus said, because he didn't do that, he was going to pay the consequence of not paying it forward. So true, true, true Christianity, it's a pay it forward, no strings attached. When you do something good for somebody... You're not supposed to expect anything back. You're supposed to do it with no strings attached. Selfless lifestyle, just as God intended. Jesus, in paraphrase, uh, said, uh, just as I have done it, go and do it likewise. Pay it forward as a Christian. So when the Apostle Paul is writing to Philemon, and in verse 19 he tells him, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. You owe me. So I'm expecting you to pay it forward. I have done these things for you. The Lord has done these things for you. So now you pay it forward. You do the right thing. And Paul Paul gives us some principles here, all the way from verse 17 through verse 21. And he goes, uh, you know, he's telling basically Philemon, this is the reason why you pay it forward. So some principles that he gives us here is, in verse 17, we find that he says, So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you will welcome me. In other words, treat others as if you are treating the one who did good to you. Treat others as if you are treating me. I did good to you. Treat this other person as if you're treating me. Simple to understand. Pay it forward. Because you will 
reap what you sow. A second thing he does is he tells in verse 18, basically he tells Philemon, forgive and erase the debt. The debt that he has, God will reward you. God will reward you. A, a lot of times we have a tough time forgiving because we want to get we, we want to get back at that person who hurt us. When you forgive and you let go, God will reward you. God will bless you. And a lot of times when you are doing good to other people in the world, you are sowing seeds of goodness. And you will experience the goodness of God in your own life when you are sowing you will reap goodness from God. If you sow seeds of bitterness, you will experience bitterness. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Because what we, we reap what we sow. Forgive and erase the debt. In verse 18 he says, If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. And let me tell you, can you ever repay God? We can never pay God for what He's done for us. We can never ever pay. So just going back to Matthew 18. That ungrateful servant. He could never pay the debt he had with the Lord. And then he goes out of there being forgiven. And when he goes out of there, he sees his co-servant, his co-worker. And he says, I'm not going to forgive you. And you only owe me a hundred bucks. But I owe millions and I was forgiving those millions. But I'm not going to forgive you a hundred bucks. And begins to choke him and everything. Basically, you know, we're not, if we do that, that means we're not understanding what God has really done for us. And remember, forgiveness is basically letting go of the offense. Forgiveness doesn't mean reconciliation. Reconciliation is the extra mile. You will only reconcile if you think it's a healthy situation, it's a healthy relationship. If it can be restored, it's a good thing to do that. But if it cannot be restored, if it's going to hurt you, don't do it, but forgive anyways. Because forgiveness is giving you the freedom. When you don't forgive, the other person has control over your life. Did you know that? Because every time you see that person, there's something you feel. Now that person is controlling you. Every time you think about the person, there's something you feel. Now that person is controlling you. And that person doesn't even know. That they're controlling you because you don't let go. It's within you. It's for your own good. The more good you do, the more good you will receive. I love what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. The Apostle Paul said, so let's, let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap the harvest of blessings if we don't give up. A lot of times when we are doing good, it's easy to feel tired. Man, I keep on doing good, I keep on doing the right stuff, and, and, and I don't see the results. And the Apostle Paul says, do not get tired of doing good. Don't get tired of paying it forward. Don't get tired of it, because on, on its due time, you will receive what you have placed. What you will reap, what you sow. 
Don't get tired. Have you ever get tired of doing the right thing? Have you ever feel tempted of saying, you know what, I'm done? Have you ever get tired with your own kids? Man, I just cook for them and there's, they're like, I don't like what you did. I don't like your food. And sometimes it's like, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. Remember, Philemon was a good Christian. It doesn't mean good Christians don't struggle. No, Philemon was having some type of struggle. That's what the Apostle Paul is pointing at him. And saying, this is what you have to do, Philemon. You are my brother, Philemon. You are a man of faith. You are a man of love. But now he comes to test Philemon. And the test is now, I'm asking you to forgive and reconcile with this guy who did wrong to you. In other words, welcome him as you are welcoming me. Open the doors of your house if you're, if you're opening the doors to me. So now Philemon is like, whoa. So basically Paul is telling him, you, gotta, you, you have to show fruits of true repentance. If he has repented and you have truly forgiven him, this is the fruit. Welcome him back and do this. And do this for me. Because I have done so much for you. You owe me your very own soul. And then that's what the, the, the number, number three. God doesn't expect you to pay it back. But God expects you to pay it forward. So the Apostle Paul says, I'm not asking you to do it to me. I'm asking you to do it to Him. Pay it forward. You know, if we, were ever, if we would ever try to pay God back, if we would ever try to pay God back, we would dishonor God. We would dishonor God by trying to pay Him back for His good towards us. We can never pay Him back. That would dishonor God if we even try. So the Apostle Paul is basically saying, Hey, hey you owe me your very own soul. Just pay it forward. Paying it forward will result in the encouragement of others. Remember in verse 3? Verse 3, Paul, uh, Paul was writing to Philemon. Paul was writing to his wife. Paul was writing to his son, Archippus, to Aphia, his wife. And then he says in verse 3, I'm writing to all of you, but also to the church that meets in your house. And that's how I know Philemon was a good and strong Christian. But despite of that, no matter how good and strong Christian you are, there will be times of struggle to do the right thing. And struggle in forgiving others. It's, it's not out of the question. It can happen. And so the Apostle Paul basically is telling them, you know, if you forgive, it will be an encouragement. Verse 20. Yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. So when you see people doing the right thing, even though it's hard, that should give us encouragement. If they can do it, I can do it. If, if, if they went the extra mile, I can go the extra mile. It's like when people are encouraging each other. So when you keep it positive, it's easy, it's so easy 
to be encouraged to do the same thing others are doing. But when somebody is negative, and somebody keeps on talking negative stuff, it's easy also to be swollen by the negative stuff. And feel that way. Instead of feeling encouraged, you feel discouraged. That's why the Bible encourages us over and over to always keep on going on the positive things that God is doing. All this you should think, Paul says, thinking what is good, thinking what, thinking what is positive. That's what he says in Philippians chapter 4. The more we think about good and positive things that we, get, we have to do in the name of the Lord, the better it's going to get and the more encouragement we're going to feel. But the more you hear negative stuff, sit down and stop, start hearing negative over negative over negative and you will be discouraged. So either you're encouraged or discouraged, that's going to depend, you know, what, what are you opening your ears for? What are you opening your mouth for? And the apostle says, if, if, if you forgive and do this for me, it will encourage me. But it wouldn't encourage just Paul. It would encourage also the other people around Paul. There was a group of guys there with Paul when he was writing this letter. And we'll see it at the end of the letter. And they will all be encouraged if Philemon just does the right thing. And that's why he tells him in verse 21. I am confident as I write this letter... That you will do what I ask and even more. So let me ask you something. As a believer, what is expected of you after these four weeks that we have gone over this? As a believer, is Paul, is Jesus expecting the same thing from us? Are they confident in you? That as we study, read this letter, are they confident? Is Jesus confident that you will do what is right to do and even more? Could the Apostle Paul say this same thing about you? That you have received grace and you are going to give grace. That you have received love and you will give love. That you have received forgiveness and therefore you are going to forgive. It's simple. Pay it forward. That's all he's saying. Philemon, you have experienced all these things. Pay it forward. And Paul, Paul concludes this letter saying, verse 22, one more thing. Please, prepare the guest room for me. <laughs> this is hilarious. When I was reading this, I'm like, so Paul is telling him, this is what I expect you to do. This is what a, be a believer should do. I expect you to do what is right, but I expect you to even do more than what is right. But by the way, in case you don't do it, uh, prepare a room for me. I'll get there. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to come. So Philemon, I can imagine Philemon thinking, okay, so the Apostle Paul, if I don't do the right thing right now, the Apostle Paul will come anyways, right? For I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers, all these guys know that I'm writing to you, Philemon. 
And all the people that received the letter with you, you, your wife, your son, and the church in your house, all of them know that I'm writing this letter to you. And all of these guys that are with me know that I'm writing this letter to you. I have witnesses that I expect you to do what is right before God. I expect you to forgive because you have been forgiven. I expect you to give grace because you have received grace. And I expect you to do the right thing because the right thing has been done to you. This is me, Paul, he says. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And so I just want to I just want to remind us that unforgiveness. And please pay, pay attention to this last thing that I'm going to say because today we um, we have baptisms for the Korean church, so we're going to finish. We're going to finish earlier today. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is hypocritical. Unforgiveness is hypocrisy. Yes, I'm saying that. Why am I saying unforgiveness is hypocrisy? To ask God to forgive me when I won't forgive others is to burn the very breach I myself must cross. It's hypocrisy because if I'm asking God to forgive me but I'm not willing to forgive, then what am I doing? To ask God to forgive me when I will not forgive others is literally to burn the steps I have to get to Christ myself. Unforgiveness for the Christian is a sin. If you don't forgive, you're sinning. It is not to make light of, you know, what you have been through. But Christ says, if I pay it all, you can pay it forward. If I pay it all, Christ says, you can pay it forward. If I forgive you of all of your sins, you now can forgive others, for I am fighting for you on your behalf. The unforgiving servant from Matthew 18 again. He gets back to his king. His king is angry. He comes and says to the servant, come here and says, I offer you mercy and you didn't offer the same. I offer you mercy and you didn't pay it forward. Then he throws him into jail to pay the consequence. So it is a picture of a, of a true believer who doesn't forgive. It is a picture of a true believer who will pay the consequence. If we don't forgive, we will pay the consequence. And you know what the consequence, the worst consequence is? It's the emotional consequence. It's how we feel. It's how we feel. And a lot of times, there's, we cannot move forward with other things in life. Because we haven't forgiven. I shared with our small group a couple of weeks ago when I said, it's like when you don't forgive somebody who hurt you in a relationship. And then you move, for, you move on from that relationship and you try to develop or you try to have another relationship with a new person in your life. If you did not deal with this, and if you did not forgive, and if you did not do it the right way, you are just going to carry on your resentment. You are just going to carry on your anger to the next relationship. 
that's what he means when he says, If you don't forgive, I will throw you in jail, the Lord says. You will pay the consequence. It doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. Because you can't. But it means that even though you're saved, you will pay the consequence and you will not get out of that prison. You will not get out of that emotional prison until you learn to forgive and you learn the lesson. So he throws him in jail. Now the disciples are hearing, uh, when the disciples are hearing the story that this guy was thrown into jail, I can imagine the disciples, yeah, Lord, you, you got it, Lord. You are a good king. You are a good and just king. And what they were, they weren't expecting what, what he said next. That's what they get. They lie to me. They talk about me. They talk behind my back. So good job, Lord. You are a good, honest king. Good job. But in verse 35, they get, they get something unexpected. He says, And so will my father do to you. Whoa. So he got personal for them. And so will my father do to you if you don't forgive from your heart. Not from your lips. It's easy to tell somebody with your mouth, Yeah, I forgive you. Or, forgive me. It's a different thing to forgive from your heart. To, to forgive from your heart, it takes more than just words. It takes actions. It takes added to change. If you don't do that, you will be in your own prison of resentment, because that's where the Lord is going to place you. In this case, Matthew 18, the Lord places the servant in that prison. And I, I tell you one thing, I love my Savior. He's crafty with His words. He's brilliant when He's telling the disciples this. Oh, oh, see, yeah, so you're saying, yeah, yeah, good Lord, good Lord. You're a good king. And then He says, well, I'm saying this because of you guys. Whoa, I thought you were saying this because of the Pharisees. No, no, I'm saying this because of you guys. If you guys don't forgive, my Father will not forgive you. So he's, he's brilliant. What he does is he takes the story now and turns it back to the listeners. As if it is to say, you are the unforgiving servant. That's what basically he's telling them. You are like the unforgiving servant if you don't forgive. So, so when you look back over your life and the friendships that maybe you don't have anymore, you don't have any, you probably don't have them around you because you were unwilling to forgive. When you have family members that are not close to you because you're not willing to forgive. What Christ what Christ is saying, I'm offering you freedom. So, 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 some of you right now, you have allowed, and please, I'll finish with this, I promise. Some of you right now have allowed one person in your life, one moment, at one time, at the time with one sin, to have a life-altering effect on you. 
I'm going to say it again in case I didn't say it clear enough. Some of us right now have allowed one person, one moment, one sin to have a life-altering effect on us. That is, that is a sad thing. Because we have allowed that one time, that one person, to have control over us. And that's why we have such a roller coaster emotionally. You change your personality all because of what someone did. Hear me. Hear me when I say that is too much power. You have changed your personality because of a person. You're giving that person too much power. Uh, some of you right now are in prison with no bars. You're in prison. You, you know who you are. I don't know. Only God and you know. But, but you are in prison just with no bars. You are in bondage to unforgiveness. And Christ is saying, let it go. Give it to me. Christ is saying, let it go. Give it to me. I will take charge of it. Forgiveness offers you peace of mind. If you don't have peace of mind, you haven't forgiven. And most important to hear me, hear me when I say forgiveness keeps your walk with Christ consistent and intimate. When you forgive, your walk with Christ is consistent and intimate. And in verse 35 from Matthew 18, Christ is not saying, you forgive in order to get into heaven. But when you forgive, it's a proof that heaven is in you. That you are a child of God when you forgive. When you forgive, it's a proof that heaven has gone into you. You forgive, you forgive. You forgive. Because you will reap what you sow. Free yourself. And if you forget, go back and hear these four messages again. And again and again. Until you finally get it. What Christ is trying to teach all of us. That way we can move forward. Experiencing the blessings. How many blessings have you missed? How many great things does God has to offer you? And all you have to do is let go of the cactus. So you can get a so you can get a hold of the ice cream and enjoy it, right? You gotta let go for your own good. Dear Lord, we thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to complete the book of Philemon and so many things that this book has done in teaching us about forgiveness, about reconciliation, and about paying it forward. We can give by grace what we have received by grace. We can love because you have loved us. And we can forgive 
Because we have been forgiven. Help us, Lord. In your precious name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen.